Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. Psychologist, author, speaker, musician, former professor, and the host of Love and Life, Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Welcome to Love and Life. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. You guys always tell me how much you enjoy having Dan on the program, so I wanted to invite him back to talk a little bit more about all things love and life, and I figured the best thing to do would be to poll my community in an Instagram story poll and ask you guys what you want to hear about. So that's what we did, and Dan is here to answer all the questions. Dan, thanks for joining me. You are welcome. Glad to be here. You did not prep me on any of these questions, though, so that <laughs> I'm a little worried about that. <laughs> no need to fear. They're not scary. So there were a couple different content areas. Obviously, people had questions about our relationship and what makes our... <laughs> that was that was Copper. He's sighing. We just got back from taking him on a nice long walk. So yeah, so let's start with the relationship questions and then we'll go from there. So the first one that I think is kind of fun, and we've talked about this a little bit in past episodes, and the question is, why did we choose each other? What made you choose me? That's a good one. That's a good one. I would say that I was looking for somebody who was very kind and bright and hot, of course. Thank you, honey. And um, and so you kind of fit all those categories. I didn't really make a list. I know that we've talked about lists before, but I don't. Uh, I didn't make that list. But I think that we both took the time to get to know each other well. And I know that that we both had we're both willing to be patient because we had uh, we're both full grown adults when we met, and so we weren't going to jump into anything too fast and and maybe put our hearts on the line too early. So I think that we kind of gave ourselves the right amount of time to to get to know who we were. So I think we gave each other the right amount of time to get to know each other. And I certainly learned what a sweet, compassionate person you were. And and I think we, you know, people always ask, you know, was it love at first sight? And it was certainly attraction at first sight. You know, we had this great seven-hour first date. But I think that we both were, you know, reticent to just kind of jump in with both feet and we wanted to take our time and, and just, as you always say, let the, let the other person show you who they are with their actions. Yeah, I love that. I've just gone into that in a lot of depth with my Empowered Dating Playbook, where we lay back and we let the person demonstrate who they are. Talk is cheap. Talk is easy. And we need to watch who that person is. I chose you because I had never felt more myself, more cherished for who I am, things that are core elements of me, Ken Page calls them core gifts, before in other relationships had been challenged. And you never challenged them. Things like, I mean, the the best example is how you honored my relationship with my family. And when that first New Year's, I love this story. Let's see if I can get through it without crying. <laughs> but yeah, we were, we, for those who don't know our story, we started dating. Uh, we, we met in August and then we're dating in the fall. 
And this actually plays into another question. Yes, throughout that first fall, we were dating other people. We didn't know about it. We didn't talk about it. I never asked you, are you seeing anyone else? Again, we met in August, so that would have been August, September, October, November, December, all those months. I never asked you. I didn't think it was my business. You never asked me, and that was appropriate. And the reason I say appropriate is because I always say until you're exclusive and you've had that conversation, and as you guys know, Dr. Welch gives a strong argument for why that should be coming from the man. He should ask you to be exclusive. And until that happened, which was in January, what I did when I wasn't with you was none of your business. And what you did when you were not with me was none of my business. And that plays into another question, as I mentioned. Someone said, did you get jealous of not knowing what the other person was doing while dating? I did not get jealous. I, when I was dating, I tried very much to practice the stuff that I share with my community now. When I wasn't with you, I wasn't trying to imagine, is he out on a date with someone else? I, I just was living my life. I was in a band. I was a professor. I was teaching night courses. I had a very strong friendship group. I just lived my life. And I didn't let my mind go to that place. Also, I was still figuring out if we were meant to be together. It, like you said, it wasn't love at first sight. It was attraction at first sight. It was one of the best first dates either of us had ever been on. But we were grown and we weren't going to assume just because we'd had this really incredible first date that that meant we were meant to be together forever. So there's that maturity element that I think is really key. When I think back to the first question for a second is, you, you know, you mentioned that you were active and you had all these things going. And that was attractive to me that um, you were doing some things that that, you know, I wasn't normally around, you know, somebody that was doing some of those things. And that, and I thought that was really interesting and I, and you were a very confident person. Right. And so I think that you were a fully formed, very interesting, beautiful lady. And so I would have been crazy not to be attracted. And then, and then certainly as we moved on in our relationship and, and got to know each other's families and saw how, uh, you know, I saw how you interacted with your family and, and then with my family, certainly, and realized that you were the kindest person that I know, and along with, you know, having that big heart and, and, uh, and that, uh, sexy, attractive, uh, uh, outer figure as well. <laughs> so, and then, and then just, I guess, to go to that second question a bit, I don't know that, I don't know when it happened exactly, but at some point I thought to myself, Wow, she could be dating other people too. <laughs> too. <laughs> Just like me. <laughs> right. And and we you know, we weren't really you know, trying specifically to hide things, but as Karen said, we you know, we neither one of us had asked that question. No. But at one point I was like, wow, if if we weren't dating, you know, that would be really sad. And if she was actually had these actually had big time feelings for someone else, that would be bad <laughs> you know it, it, you 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 kind of tested that theory in your head and and felt how your heart would feel and your heart would not like that that's exactly right and that's where when i came to, across the decision to say i need to you know in a in a phrase lock lock her up put, i need to put a ring on it or at least put it exclusive on it at this point and, and so uh, i know that that doesn't sound uh, you know that sounds really archaic like doesn't sound i'm just... too soft and <laughs> loving but but it was and... well it felt very loving to be desired in that way when you approached me and said i want to be exclusive and you also it was the first time i'd heard 
this is the night now in January, it happened to be my birthday. And you said, I actually just had a very difficult conversation with another woman I was seeing. And I told her I didn't want to see her anymore because I want to see you exclusively. So that was the first I'd heard that you were catting around town, as my grandmother would say. (laughs) Right? Well, but again, but it wasn't my business. And I really encourage us all to take that perspective. It helps us from something I just did a reel on, that anxious attachment that sometimes people feel. And I don't I don't believe that everyone actually has anxious attachment when they have those feelings. I think it's very normal when you start getting excited about someone to start obsessing a bit about them. That's what love is, falling in love. And that's okay, but we have to keep our, you know, love smarter, not harder. We've got to keep our head in the game. And when those feelings start to try to overwhelm us, we go, wait a minute, pump the brakes. Let me be rational. I'm a rational, logical person. Let me appeal to my reason and logic. And so, yeah, to to have those conversations with yourself so that you don't get ahead of yourself and don't start expecting from a relationship something that hasn't been hasn't been demonstrated is going to happen and that conversation hasn't happened yet so if I had gotten all in my head about is he seeing someone else is he not in October November I could have gotten myself in a tailspin instead of just enjoying the process of getting to know you organically and naturally not putting all this pressure on it and I want to speak to another question that's again related so it's a good time to weave this one in how is dating in your late 30s early 40s different from previous experiences So everything I just shared is so much easier when you're a bit older, which is, again, one of the bonus elements of being in your 30s and 40s dating, which, of course, so many women in my community, they don't feel like it's a bonus. They feel like I'm ready to meet my person and I'm tired of being in the dating scene. Yes, all of that is true. And you know, my heart goes out to you because that was me. At the same time, I do look back and I know that I was a better dater. I was a more rational, mature, confident, as you said. That confidence was something I'd built over time, realizing that after five, six dates, no matter how great they were, I wasn't going to turn over the keys to my heart to anyone. I wasn't. I was going to stay busy with my friends. I wasn't going to just bail on my friends like sometimes people do. I wasn't going to just put all my, my hobbies and interests and other commitments on the shelf just to be available to this person because I want him to know I'm into him. You knew I was into you, but it was an appropriate demonstration of how into you I was incrementally as you earned my trust and earned my heart and that took months and I think that's really wise to take months so for me that's the difference between dating in your 20s and your 30s and 40s well I think also and and I didn't have as much dating experience as you did because I got married young and was married for 23 years but I know that when in my 40s when I got divorced and and I decided that I was going to start dating again I I just told myself that and I didn't it didn't have to have a big conversation with myself. It was just, I'm just going to be me. I'm not going to pretend to be anybody I'm not because I don't want to attract or be with somebody who wants somebody other than me. You know, that is that he's looking to to for somebody different, looking for somebody, you know, taller, richer, more handsome, whatever, you know, whatever that might be. It's it's me. I'm the one in front of you here. And and you you either we either learn to love each other and and become partners or we don't and then if we don't then then move on because you know because at that point in time you are as we you're fully formed you it's not that you can't improve and keep on growing and learning like we try to do constantly but as as a dater it's you know do not put on airs 
that that would be my advice. Do not try to be anything you're not. Of course, you know, look your best, bring your A game 100%, right? But but it should not be anything fake and and not try to be anything that you're not. And I think that's something it's interesting just in this moment I'm thinking you and I have not talked about that a lot. We've obviously rehashed our love story and how we met and Actually, that's something we talked about in a podcast episode many episodes ago. But research shows that when you tell your love story, it reinforces your bond and your connection and it elevates your happiness in your marriage. So thank you, community, for giving us the opportunity to do this. It's enhancing our marriage. But one of the things I don't think we've ever really keyed in on, but now that you speak to it, I think it's so true. You were so genuine. And as a woman who was 40 years old when we met, I'd obviously been on a lot of dates and some of those guys were genuine and some of those guys were rather pompous. Maybe they were compensating for not feeling so good inside. And so the pompous portion was to try to appear something that they weren't or to feel better about themselves or at least try to make me think that they were better than they were or that they felt they were. And all of that is very sad for folks who have deep insecurities Trying to go on a date to pump yourself up is, is not the, the venue for that. I would recommend obviously going to the psychotherapy and other ways to feel better about yourself because I felt that confidence that was so genuine and that it was so appealing because I thought this guy is grounded. He knows who he is. And that felt secure and safe to me too because I'd been in relationships with men who weren't as secure. And what happens when you're with a man who's not that secure, they can have anger issues because if you are confident in living your life, they can be threatened by some of that. They can be threatened by your accomplishments. They can be threatened by the fact that other people look at you, whether you're trying to get looked at or not. You're walking down the street and they're insecure about it because of their own insecurities. So your confidence was so attractive to me. And I felt like we've never really talked about that, but I'm, I'm just glad we're having the opportunity to talk about it. Because I, again, I think it's a really, really, we, we did a, a, an episode a couple, it's been a while now, but we talked about maturity and how maturity needs to be sexy. We need to find mature people attractive because of the confidence, because that's a safe, secure person to be with, because they don't need you to make them feel okay or some type of way. And they're grounded and secure in who they are. And that is a really solid foundation upon which to build a relationship. Well, I've heard some of your girlfriends in the past talk about going on dates and and how the guy wouldn't shut up or, you know, it was just all about him. And and I'm sure, you know, there's been men that have been in that same scenario, right, where it's just chatty Cathy. When I think I, I do remember back to our first date and. It was almost a contest on like who could ask the most questions. <laughs> there was no one. I wasn't really interested in in telling you, you know, my life story unless you ask about it. I wanted to learn more about you, and and the same thing for you. I mean, it was just continued back and forth. No, no uncomfortable pause at all within seven, you know, within a seven hour date, which was pretty amazing. But I mean, you're a great conversationalist, and and I was very interested in who you were. So I was certainly doing my part as well. And I just, the more I think back to that, I think that that was probably an unusually wonderful uh, experience from a conversational standpoint. Yeah, we had, and that's why I always encourage women in my community to really be in touch with how they're feeling in the, in the moment. And there's a lot to process on a first date, right? There's 
gotta like I gotta be myself I gotta be confident I gotta be and I want to ask the right questions but I don't I'm not a big fan of the right questions quote unquote but we want to be be very much in touch how do I feel with this person and does this person do I am I sensing this person feels genuine and authentic and interested in me and polite and yeah wanting to know about me all of those things are huge and again getting back to the questions they really are things that I think those those of us who are a little more seasoned and dating maybe even longer than we'd wanted would have wanted to date that's a bonus that's at least one silver lining of being a little bit more mature in your life and dating if you're into personal development if you geek out on psych research, and if you're looking to level up in all realms of love and life, a love and life support group is for you. In love and life groups, you'll enjoy the camaraderie of connecting with like-minded women. You'll feel encouraged and empowered by others endeavoring to thrive in all realms of love and life. We all know there's strength in numbers. So join us for deep conversations designed to provide healing and promote growth. Head over to my website for more details. So here's one for you, honey. The ladies want to know, what do men worry about when dating? Good question. Well, I may be a little odd, but... But I worry about being on time, first of all. <laughs> so, so you're not odd; you're conscientious. It's a good thing. Yeah, I try. I do try not to be late, and uh, so I think that's probably maybe bad form, you know, on a first date, especially. And then the what I would worry about is just making that person comfortable, you know. So just you know, what where would they like to sit, right? Where would what type of food do they like? you know, uh, where's the washroom so that I can, you know, tell them where the washroom is if they need it. You know, just, just those things, more those, and I guess maybe it would be mannerly, you know, gentlemanly things, but just uh, kind of old fashioned, just, you know, how can I best make this person comfortable? Because nobody wants to be uncomfortable. We, whether in any time we see somebody nervous at anything that we see them doing, whether, whether it's, you know, you know, playing a game or making a speech and we see them, you know, their, their head kind of turns red or you can just tell they're stammering. That's uncomfortable for everybody. So really it comes down to, I guess, and I wouldn't call it a worry, but a concern is just, you know, how best to make the person in front of me comfortable. See, I love that. That's, it is gentlemanly and it is old school. And you're, you're such a gracious host when we have people at our home for the same reason. You want them to feel comfortable. I remember we had some friends come in and join us for a weekend in Chicago a couple of years ago and you had it all planned out. And here I am on the other end of things, a little bit more laissez-faire about things. And I was like, oh, it'll be fine. We'll just kind of do what we do. And you're like, no, they're coming here. They're giving us this weekend to spend with them. We want to show them a really good time and we'll all be more comfortable if we have a bit of a schedule. So I, you've talked me that 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 is true it's a really beautiful way to be a gracious host and you demonstrate that even from the first date which again as a woman and our relationship is pretty traditional conventional and I stand by that it works for us and I think it works for a lot of women and men even if it's a little old school but you wanted to make me feel comfortable a lot of guys are on a first date trying to figure out how they can feel okay you were focused on me and I could sense that and that's a really, again, a secure place for me to experience you and go, this is a guy who's early on trying to make me feel okay. And 
that's someone who I could believe would have that same energy as we pursued a relationship. And then, of course, to to agree to marry you because I knew that you were always going to be concerned with me and my welfare. And that's huge. You don't partner with someone to have them be selfish about your connection. You partner with someone because, as I tell my ladies all the time, you know, as single women, we're strong, we're empowered, we got this. If we're going to partner with someone, they have to bring value added. And I'm not looking, like, we don't keep score. It's not like that. I hope that I bring value to your life, which I know I do because that's the way our partnership is. But it's really important that we think that way because otherwise we're just bringing chaos and pain into our lives. I agree with everything you said, sweetie. And you are a huge support, benefit, partner, amazing person in my life. You're making me smile over here. So another question was, how did you meet? I want to know your love story. And we've talked a little bit about that, obviously, the development of our love story. We met through a dating service called It's Just Lunch. And if you want to hear that full story, go back to episode 46. We talk with the CEO of It's Just Lunch, and we tell how that was the vehicle through which we met. If you have just a few seconds to help me out, I would so appreciate it. You can do so by heading over to Apple Podcasts, giving us a five-star rating and a few sentences of review that helps others find the program and join the Love and Life family. Another question is, do men really change for a woman if she's the one? Dan. Well, I think that, that you can change, you know, small things about yourself. You know, you can... You can just make accommodations if, you know, for someone, um, your values can't change, no. right? So that, that could never change. But if let's say that Karen wanted me to wear more blue. And I, I do. He's got gorgeous <laughs> blue eyes. <laughs> I'm always trying to pull the red out of the wardrobe and bring the blue in. <laughs> yeah. Well, and let's even say you wanted me to wear uh, red more, you know, I would, I would intentionally do that if I knew that was your favorite color and you thought I looked good in that color, whether I particularly did or not, you know, and, and of course, you know, men typically don't care quite as much anyway, but, but, and you know, that's maybe not the greatest example, but you know, whether it's, you know, try a different restaurant you know, try different foods, you know, because you like a particular food and maybe, maybe it's not my favorite or, or maybe it's something I haven't acquired a taste for, but we'll certainly give it a shot because it's something that, that you enjoy. So I think those types of changes, are absolutely something that you should look for that someone's open to, but just, but I would be wary of anybody who is too quick to change their values or, you know, even, even willing to immediately change religion or a variety of things, you know, that we can think of. Yeah. That question right off the bat. So if if you weren't with me right now, I would say, if someone asked me, do men really change for a woman? If she's the one, I would say, you don't want that guy. I didn't want you to bend yourself backwards in a pretzel to be the man I want you to be. I want you to be you and I want to be me. And then we see if it's a fit. So my initial response is if a guy's changing for you that I'm worried because is he changing for you just to grab you, seal the deal, and then he's going to go back to whatever sort of person he was before? Well, I think you do have to be have a little a little grace and look at age. Because there are some there are some men out there that maybe haven't grown up yet. You know, if we're talking about somebody in their twenties that that just has to has to kind of realize what's important. Maybe they're they're not quite 
concrete in their, as you say, concretized in their in their brain. I like that word. <laughs> I know you love that word. <laughs> so, so you, so you may want to give them a little grace to say, hey, okay, the values are pretty much there, but you know, there's you know, there just needs to be some development, needs to be some maturity. I think that's a little different than you know than just a full on, you know, you know anybody who wants to change, then forget about it. Yeah, I'm just going to I'm going to push back a little bit cuz of course I'm going to be protective of my community and I think if I read something like this I think a woman goes, "Oh, I'll show him I'm the one and then he's going to change for me." And that is not an approach to dating we want to take, nor do we want the fixer-upper approach either, as I talked about in a recent reel. So, there's a lot of information there. You guys do with it what you want, but I think in general we err on the side of being with someone who's fully formed and we fall in love with them as is, no changes needed. So there are several more questions, but I think we should do a part two, babe, because they are all about being married for the second time. And they're asking about kids and a bit of step family stuff. So that's kind of another content area that is obviously very important. And I'm glad people are asking those kind of questions. So let's do a part two and we'll address those uh, in an upcoming episode. Sounds good. All right. Thanks again, sweetie. I love you. Love you, baby. The love and life hack for this week is true love is worth the wait. It's one of my favorite hashtags. I'm living it. And I know many of you are on a similar path. And I do hope and pray that your love will come your way. And I know it will be worth the wait. I realized I never finished the story of how I knew that Dan was the one and why I chose him as that first question was asking I did go into this in episode 89, how to know when you've met the one. So you can listen to that episode to get a little bit more in depth in that question. And I'll also share the story of how I knew Dan was my person. And there really was one kind of final experience that we had that locked it in for me. And yes, as we've been saying today in this episode, there were multiple experiences that were making it really clear that we were super compatible and we had a lot in common and we certainly had the chemistry and all the elements to have a great love were in place. And then there was one final circumstance that let my heart know that Dan was my person. And I'll share that in this week's newsletter. So if you aren't getting my newsletter, be sure to sign up at loveandlifemedia.com. Sign up for my newsletter. You'll also get the Empowered Dating Playbook. So yeah, so I will share that with my community just to make sure I I feel bad that I started the story and didn't, (laughs) and I got derailed. Thank you as always for joining us today. It means so much to me that you would spend a portion of your day with us Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. This is Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. And until next time, make it a great week. Love and Life is produced by Tim May and hosts and executive producer, Dr. Karen Anderson Abril.